Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Did you know Black and White Sports is the number one conservative sports entity on YouTube with over 35 million views? Make sure you subscribe here to the podcast available anywhere. Quality podcasts are available. Apple, iTunes, Google Podcasts, CastBox, Anchor, and Spotify, and many others. Hit subscribe now. You're tuning into Black and White Sports on YouTube. The no-holds-barred truth on sports. The main event starts now. Black and white sports fans, let's talk about the NBA. And I want to talk about the NBA because we got a very, very interesting comment from Becky Hammond about not getting the Portland Trailblazers head coaching position. Now, we know that she actually did interview with the Blazers. However, the Blazers went up, went ahead and hired Chauncey Billups, Hall of Famer, to be their new head coach. This is Chauncey Billups' first head coaching position. Now, guys, she implied really that the Blazers never wanted her in the first place. And reading what she actually said, it it does imply that she was nothing more than a social justice interview. Now, that's my take on it. We're going to actually look and break down what she actually did say about this in this video, guys. But first, make sure you guys go over and check out blackandwhitenetwork.com for exclusive content. Rhodes and I post private videos over there on the website just for the members of the website. Memberships just start at $5 per month. And if you don't want to do that, just consider giving a one-time donation, one, two, five, twenty dollars whatever you want to give to help support blackandwhitenetwork.com or shop for the merch. Use the discount code LachanaSuts, S-U-X, all one word, and we're going to give you 21% off your purchase votes. You can get this Wuhan James shirt that I'm rocking right now. So let's jump over here to Yahoo Sports. Becky Hammond on Trailblazers. If you don't want to hire me, you'll find that reason. Interesting comments here from Becky Hammond, but let's go ahead. Let's break this down even more and read this article here. It says Becky Hammond says she's ready for an NBA head coaching job. The Portland Trailblazers weren't ready to provide her that chance. The longtime San Antonio Spurs assistant who was a finalist for the Portland job that ultimately went to Chauncey Billups says she's not mad about being hired, but she's not naive about the process either. She opened up about her experience on the job hunt in an interview with CNBC. She says this quote, I'm not mad. Hammond said, this is the business and it's a very competitive business, but at the end of the day, throw everything out of the window. If you want to hire me, you'll find a reason to hire me. And if you don't want to hire me, you'll find that reason, too. And that's just that. It says because of her work as an assistant for five time NBA champion Greg Popovich since 2014. I call him Greg Wokovich, by the way. Hammond has long believed has long um, believed as the top candidate to become the first female head coach in the NBA. 
She was joined by South Carolina head coach Don Staley on the interview circuit for vacancies this offseason. Neither were hired. So Hammond remains atop that very short list. And it goes on. It says Trailblazers general manager Neil Oshi spoke about Hammond in June after the team hired Billups to replace Terry Stotts. Now, usually you don't hear teams talking about the candidates that they didn't hire. But I guess because Becky Hammond is a woman and, you know, this this is new territory for the NBA. I guess he had to say something. But he says this. He said, we obviously admire Becky. She did a great job making it as far as the owner in the process isn't easy. She made it all the way to the ownership level, which is an endorsement. And it goes on. It says, while all she may have intended to paint Hammond in a positive light, it's hard to hear anything but condensation in that statement. It makes me wonder if the Trailblazers had any intent to hire her. Hammond believes the franchise targeted Billups all along. She says, I knew I was second, Hammond said. I knew who they wanted. And I'm okay with that because every race I've gotten into my entire life, I've been behind. And I'm okay with that. And that's just how it is. But at the same time, I'm not ignorant to what I'm going up against. And I guess, you know, Hammond really, really did insinuate that they never wanted her to begin with. I mean, she says it right here. She says, I knew I was second. I knew who they wanted. And that was pretty much Chauncey Billups without her actually using the name Chauncey Billups. Very interesting take here from Becky Hammond. Is she trying to garner some sympathy with this statement here? That she didn't get the job because they already knew who they wanted. And what's the reason why they actually wanted Billups over her? Did it have anything to do with her, her sex and gender? I don't know about that. But I believe some little bit of seeds were kind of planted in that statement when she said, I knew I was second. Now, was she actually um, interviewed after Billups? She probably was. But maybe depending on what kind of questions they were asking her, maybe she just came out and just said, man, maybe they really do want Chauncey Billups and they really don't want me. Now, I'm not giving her any sympathy whatsoever because my honest opinion, folks, I do believe one day. One day, I do believe that Becky Hammond will be an NBA head coach. It may not be this year. It may not be next year, but she probably will end up becoming a head coach. And I hope that when she does, it's because of her credentials. I don't want it to be about, oh, she's a female. That's why she got hired. No, I want it to be because she was the best person for the job. But it seems like, you know, she may be playing a bit of a victim here with this statement when she says, I knew I was second. Now, guys, when I go into an interview, usually I'm pretty confident that I'm actually going to get the job. Now, I may not get the job. I may not even know who they actually want to hire. You know, I've also had feelings, you know, uh, I don't know if I really want this. Uh, One previous job I had a few years ago. I went to the interview and I was like, uh, I don't know if I actually want this job, but they offered me the job and I'd end up going to that job. And tell you the truth, guys, I really did end up liking that job. But guys, what do you think of this? What do you guys think of Becky Hammond's comment that the Portland Trailblazers seemed like they never wanted her to begin with? And Chauncey Billups was always their man and she was the odd man out, so to speak.
Is she playing the victim with this statement? What do you guys actually think of this? And do you actually believe that Becky Hammond will be a future NBA coach in the NBA? I think it's going to happen. I just don't know the timeline on this. That's just my thoughts on this. What do you guys think of this? Black and white sports fans. Let us know what you think about all this in the comments. Make sure you subscribe to Black and White Sports. And we'll catch you next time. Thanks for watching the show. Be sure to like, comment, and subscribe. Be sure to tune in next time on Black and White Sports. First, here's a word from today's sponsor. Friends, I'm very concerned about food shortages coming to America. No, not local or short-lived shortages. I'm talking about a national food shortage that will affect everyone, everywhere, for a very long time. Would you be ready if that happened? Probably not. That's why I urge you to get some long-term storage emergency food from my friends at My Patriot Supply. They're the original Patriot Survival Company. Over the past decade, they've served millions of American families like yours. Their mission is your survival. And right now, you can save 25% on a four-week kit of emergency food that will save the day. Probably soon. This four-week kit has a wide variety of delicious food that provides over 2,000 calories per day. The right amount for optimum survival. Go to preparewithblackandwhite.com so you can claim your four-week emergency food kit and save 25% in the process. Order a tasty starter kit for each member of your family, and they will ship everything quickly and discreetly to your door. That's preparewithblackandwhite.com. You're tuning into Black and White Sports on YouTube. The no-holds-barred truth on sports. The main event starts now. I'm back. Rodrance for Black and White Sports. Well, it seems that the Washington Redskins, oh, my bad, the Washington football team, has, for the sake of identity politics and virtue signaling, have now ruled out another name that they feel is connected to Native American culture. Once again... For the umpteenth time, we have Native American subscribers. They've been very vocal about the fact that they are not in any way offended by the name The Redskins. Made a video yesterday. Guess what? Got the same feedback again. My significant other, she is uh, rooted in Native American culture and has Native American blood. She is not offended by the Redskins whatsoever. Whatsoever. So, of course, we know this is done for all kinds of political reasons. And the Redskins have made another statement. And in doing so, they probably just put the Golden State Warriors on the clock, too, for a name change. Let's get to this. This is breaking news from TMZ. Washington football team rules out Warriors name change after Native American feedback. The D.C. NFL squad will not be the Washington Warriors in the future. The Washington football team announced Monday has ruled out the potential name change due to feedback from Native American community members. Okay. WFT President Jason Wright explained it in a lengthy letter posted to the team's website saying the Warriors nickname, which many fans have advocated for going forward, 
simply did not distance the team enough from its former identity politics. Quote, feedback from across communities we engage clearly revealed deep-seated deep-seated discomfort around warriors. Really? With clear acknowledgement that it too closely aligns with Native American themes, Wright said. It says, uh, here's a little tweet. We proudly are forging ahead in this journey with a promise to our community and a promise to continue to be inclusive in our process and collaborative with fans. In other words, we're going to continue to be as woke as possible. Such an embrace of potentially native-adjacent iconography and imagery would not represent a clear departure that many communities have so forcefully advocated for us to embrace and that, frankly, we set out to do when we started this process a year ago. Wright didn't say what other monikers have been axed from contention, only adding, we will choose an identity that unequivocally departs from any use of our approximate linkage to Native American imagery. I, look, again, I've been told by some Native Americans, they, they like the fact that so many uh, sports teams had embraced the imagery of Native American cultures. But, okay, in this, in this day and time, because of media pressure, uh, the pressure on the left, this is what we've come down to. As I have said many times, our new identity should unite us. It should bring us together the way this team comes together on the football field and the way we have seen our fans come together and proudly support our team and our DMV community. Wright and w, WFT, I almost said WTF, owner Dan Snyder has said repeatedly over the past few months, currently there is no deadline to establish a new permanent nickname. However... Yesterday, I did a story where we found out the Redskins did come out and say, by early sometime 2022, they will announce a name and a new logo. So that's coming. But again, to me, this team will always be the Washington Redskins. I've got a buddy. He's a massive Redskins fan, and he is just sick over this shit. He said this team will always be the Redskins as far as he's concerned. And now... Steph Curry, Clay Thompson, Draymond Green, Marxist NBA of China. You guys are on the clock because guess what? Your team is called the Golden State Warriors. It is only a matter of time before the woke, the wokey woke wokes on social media and in the media, the mainstream media starts launching that attack for the Golden State Warriors to change their name as well. In case you're wondering, there's been all kinds of different names thrown out there for the Redskins, including uh, Red Tails. I think Red Tails is one that I've heard a lot. And um, there's some other names out there floating around. The, the Washington Bullets would be good, but they're not going to do that either. Just call them the Washington Bidens. Get it over with. The Washington Kamalas, okay? Just just get it over with. Tell me what you think, black and white sports fans. The Redskins are so woke, it's pathetic. Oh, peace. I'm out. Till next time. Thanks for watching the show. Be sure to like, comment, and subscribe. Be sure to tune in next time on Black and White Sports. You're tuning into... Black and White Sports on YouTube.
The no-holds-barred truth on sports. The main event starts now. I'm back. Rodrance for Black and White Sports. With all of the divisive issues going on at the Marxist ESPN of China, owned by Disney Corp., let's not forget that, going on over there at Disney and at ESPN, the house is burning down. Rachel Nichols, Maria Taylor, they've got a mess. Nichols, boom, pulled out last year by ESPN for the sake of diversity to hand Maria Taylor a job at the NBA Finals in the bubble. And then this year, uh, once again, Nichols is pulled off after the audio comes out of her talking about said job from last year being lost and replaced once again what looks like a diversity move with Malika Andrews. So you would think... ESPN's biggest, most highest paid personality on ESPN's woke take, first take, with Max Kellerman, Stephen A. Smith would be a little bit more aware of what comes out of his mouth, but he has been pretty divisive himself. In the last year, Stephen A. Smith has fell completely off a cliff. Stephen A. used to be extremely entertaining. He was funny. He could make you laugh. When he makes fun of the Dallas Cowboys, it's still hilarious. It is. But I can no longer, I can no longer stand to watch the show. One, because of Max Kellerman, triggered by the orange man. And two, because Stephen A. Smith and Max Kellerman do nothing but talk about race. Well, this is interesting, Because for the entire Major League Baseball season, there's been one great story, and that's Shohei Otane, okay? He is a guy that plays for the LA LA Angels. He's in the home run derby. He pitches, and he hits freaking bombs. He is the only good, true Truly great story that has come out of the MLB this year in what otherwise has been a skid mark of a season between all of the uh, issues involving pitchers and foreign substances and Rob Manford moving the All-Star game from Atlanta, screwing the black community, moving the All-Star game out, bending the knee to Stacey Abrams and Joe Biden Because of a voting law that requires ID, the Major League Baseball looks terrible. Well, Shohei Otane has been the best story far and away. The best one in a long time in the MLB. The kid's got 33 home runs at the All-Star break. Well, Stephen A. Smith, during first take today, said something incredibly stupid involving Otane and his race. And he feels like Americans aren't going to pull for Otane. Listen to this clip.
that the number one face is a dude that needs an interpreter so you can understand what the hell he's saying in this country. And that's what I'm trying to say. Can you believe what Stephen A. Smith just had to say? Americans, Major League Baseball fans, people that follow baseball are not going to root for Otane because he is Asian, because he needs an interpreter. It's one of the craziest, dumbest, racially insensitive comments you will ever hear. It is unbelievable that in this day and time, somebody that's supposed to be so woke in Stephen A. Smith in a time where we've heard a lot about issues involving Asians, Stephen A. Smith comes out with one of the stupidest moronic takes you have ever heard in your life that American baseball fans are not going to pull for Aitane in tonight's home run derby, in the all-star game, on the season. This kid is nothing but pure entertainment for Major League Baseball, and Stephen A. Smith believes baseball fans won't root for the guy because he needs an interpreter? Really? Ichiro Suzuki, does anybody remember him? One of my favorite Yankees, Hideki Matsui. Stop it, Stephen A. Smith. That is one of the dumbest comments I have ever heard come out of Stephen A. Smith's mouth, and there has been some doozies. It's one of the dumbest comments, and he's serious. He is honestly serious. In a time when ESPN and the house is burning down over there, and they're trying they're trying to bail the water out of the boat right now because of issues around diversity and race, Stephen A. Smith claims that you, the Major League Baseball fan, will not root for Otane, a kid that pitches in this day and time with 87 strikeouts and a kid that hits bombs, some that still haven't landed yet this season, 33 home runs, the best story in baseball, you're not going to root for him because, and look, when you say the kid speaks Japanese and he needs an interpreter and people are not going to root for him, you're saying that he it is bad. He literally said it is bad for baseball that this kid, a great story, is Japanese, needs an interpreter, and is the best story in baseball, and people aren't going to root for him. Stephen A. Smith, that is an incredibly stupid take. It's one of the dumbest things I've ever heard of out of anybody's mouth. And I cannot believe he actually went on first take and said this. My God. My God. Absolutely crazy. It should not surprise us. Coming from ESPN, it's going to be interesting. Is the mainstream media... Will they actually go after Stephen A. Smith? Are the lefties actually going to go after Stephen A. Smith? I don't think so. I just got this feeling Stephen A. is going to get a pass on this one. 
Tell me what you think, black and white sports fans. If you're new to the channel, hit subscribe. If you're new to the podcast, hit subscribe. That podcast is blowing up. We appreciate it. Thank you, guys. Peace. I'm out. Till next time. Thanks for watching the show. Be sure to like, comment, and subscribe. Be sure to tune in next time on Black and White Sports. First, here's a word from today's sponsor. Friends, I'm very concerned about food shortages coming to America. No, not local or short-lived shortages. I'm talking about a national food shortage that will affect everyone, everywhere, for a very long time. Would you be ready if that happened? Probably not. That's why I urge you to get some long-term storage emergency food from my friends at My Patriot Supply. They're the original Patriot Survival Company. Over the past decade, they've served millions of American families like yours. Their mission is your survival. And right now, you can save 25% on a four-week kit of emergency food that will save the day. Probably soon. This four-week kit has a wide variety of delicious food that provides over 2,000 calories per day. The right amount for optimum survival. Go to preparewithblackandwhite.com so you can claim your four-week emergency food kit and save 25% in the process. Order a tasty starter kit for each member of your family, and they will ship everything quickly and discreetly to your door. That's preparewithblackandwhite.com. You're tuning into Black and White Sports on YouTube. The no-holds-barred truth on sports. The main event starts now. I'm back. Rodrance for Black and White Live. We're going to talk about Aaron Rodgers and another possible, possible future Hall of Famer, Von Miller, who has come out and made some comments that, i got to be honest with you, are sort of puzzling. We know that uh, Aaron Rodgers wants out of Green Bay. He cannot stand Brian Gutekunst. He can't stand Mark Murphy. And he wants out of Packerland. Doesn't seem to be, um, doesn't seem to have a huge problem with Matt LaFleur up there. He seems to like his coach. Um, he loves the fans. But he wants to get to the West Coast. He's dating an actress. And that seems to be pretty serious. A lot of people believe that that may be partly where this really stems from is he literally doesn't want to stay in the physical location he's having to play in. And of course, it didn't help that the Packers drafted Jordan Love last year. Uh, personally speaking, I don't know that uh, I necessarily agree with Aaron Rodgers being so upset about that. The point was Aaron Rodgers had shown some, some minor decline and then Aaron Rodgers got remotivated, went out, and won the MVP. Worst possible scenario for the Packers front office. And, of course, that made Aaron mad. Aaron wants out of town. Well, Von Miller claims that the Denver Broncos front office is the front office to get this deal done. Now, six weeks or so ago, I would have said, I'm pretty sure he's going to Denver. And then for about a week, I was like, you know what? Maybe it's Las Vegas. Uh, mainly so they could get Derek Carr back in return. And then I was like, mm, you know what? The last week, I'm starting to believe Aaron Rodgers goes back to the Packers now. Plays one more year. 
And then it's over, okay? And then it's over. He's going somewhere else. And, of course, Aaron Rodgers is pretty mad that Green Bay didn't accept that San Francisco offer. Uh, So, let's get to this article. It's Charlene Williams, and this is PFT. If Aaron Rodgers is available, the Broncos have the right front office to get the deal done. Do they? Drew Locke and Teddy Bridgewater are competing for Denver's starting quarterback job, but the possibility of the team adding Aaron Rodgers remains a dream of Bronco fans. Even Locke and Bridgewater would have to admit the reigning NFL MVP would rank as an upgrade at the position. Von Miller was asked what he's heard about the prospect. He said, quote, what I've heard? The Stars told Mike Callis of Nine News on Sunday, first and foremost, I'm comfortable with Drew. I'm comfortable with Teddy. GP, George Patton, and President of Football Operations, John Elway, if A-Rod is out there for us to get him, those are the two guys to have on the job. John Elway, he's done a great job of working the big-time guys before, Peyton Manning, Demarcus Ware, Akib Talib, all these other guys. So if there's a guy to be had, GP and John Elway are the two to put it to put on it if it can be done. If it can't, I'm comfortable with Drew Locke and Teddy Bridgewater. They've impressed the hell out of me and impressed the hell out of everybody during OTAs. So I'm super excited for those guys. Another year for Drew Locke. I think this will be the time for him to turn it on. So either way we go, it's looking bright for us. Drew Locke completed only 57.3% of his passes with 16 touchdowns and 15 picks. Yikes. He was ranked number 32nd out of 35 qualifying quarterbacks. Teddy Bridgewater, 28, has started 31 more games than Locke. He's completed 69.1% of his passes. 3,700 yards, 15 TDs, 11 picks in 15 games last year with the Panthers. And, of course, Carolina went out and got Sam Darnold. Rogers said Saturday he would, quote, figure things out in a couple of weeks when asked about his future. I'm starting to think, okay, he's coming back now to the Packers, okay? Uh, Is John Elway and George Patton really the two guys to get the job done? Uh, John Elway didn't have exactly the greatest track record when it comes to quarterbacks when he was general manager. Paxton Lynch, uh, Brock Osweiler, anyone? Um, Paxton Lynch is, where is he? He just signed a contract somewhere. Maybe the CFL. I don't know. It was a disaster. I know that. Uh, Tim Tebow was there. Let's not forget that. Um, so... I don't know. The one thing I will say, John Elway seems to have good rapport with veteran, veteran older quarterbacks, and maybe that is something. Maybe that is a catalyst of some kind that would have Aaron Rodgers uh, and the Denver Broncos with a connection. It's my firm belief these agents and teams talk anyway. Whoever his agent is, they've already had a conversation with John Elway and George Patton. Uh, Of course, you're not supposed to do that. It's tampering. But let's be real. Behind the scenes, oh, let me give you a call. John Elway's on the golf course. 
We know how that is. There was even a story a while back where supposedly uh, John Elway and Aaron Rodgers, I think, was at the same golf golf course, if I remember correctly. And, of course, they said, oh, but their tee times were much different. Well, we know how that goes, okay? Uh, we know how that goes. Now, uh, I still don't know why the Packers didn't take the 49ers offer. I didn't. Um, I know you hate to be the general manager. You hate to be the team president that trades away Aaron Rodgers. But if he doesn't want to play there, then getting the number three overall pick in Jimmy Garoppolo plus two seconds, I think it was, and a third or whatever, it was a king's ransom, okay? Not sure it's going to get any better than that for Aaron Rodgers. Some have speculated if it ends up being Derek Carr, it's going to be Derek Carr and a second-round pick for Aaron Rodgers. That's the compensation there. Looks to me like the Niners had a lot more to offer at the time. So, Jordan Love is training with Deshaun Watson, of all people. I don't know that I'd want my young quarterback necessarily hanging around with Deshaun Watson right now. Okay, just because of all his issues uh, surrounding him. So, I don't know. I do. I am starting to lean towards the fact that he's going to come back for one more year. Uh, I thought he was a goner. I really did. Uh, Now, far as... Uh, the Denver quarterback situation, when I did my uh, ranks, Teddy Bridgewater was the qu- quarterback that I projected to start for the Broncos. Uh, why over Drew Locke? Look, I think Denver would love Drew Locke to work out. But I think Vic Fangio is realizing, look, I need to sniff the playoffs this year. And there's an extra playoff spot. I need to stif- sniff the playoffs. Uh, We need to play great defense, and we need to hold on to the ball. Well, Teddy Bridgewater is probably going to be the better quarterback there with the higher completion percentage, much higher than Drew Locke. Drew Locke throws a really damn good uh, uh, deep ball, okay? Uh, But Drew Locke struggles with short to intermediate throwing, all right? Uh, Whereas Teddy excels at short to intermediate throwing, And he struggles to throw the deep ball. But you get the point. Teddy's going to hold on to the ball more than Drew Locke most likely. Okay, so I'm actually kind of surprised Teddy Bridgewater did not turn out a little better in Carolina. I was really surprised. Uh, Now, Christian McCaffrey was injured. Okay, but he did absolutely have weapons. And I look for Sam Darnold to probably take a bit of a step forward not stay parallel, or not go backwards, okay? So, and in fact, I can tell you exactly where I had Teddy Bridgewater ranked. Uh, Like I said, I do project him to be the starter. Teddy Bridgewater was in my Tier 5 of quarterbacks at number 26 out of 32. And basically all I said was he's highly accurate. He has an okay arm at best. Not enough deep balls. He's a bridge quarterback. He's a check down Charlie. Great work ethic. He's sort of a poor man's Alex Smith. Okay, which, look, a lot of people would say Alex Smith was a poor man's Alex Smith. But you get the point, okay? A lot of teams, the Denver Broncos included, would probably love to have that later version of San Francisco Alex Smith 
and then that Kansas City version of Alex Smith right now, but we know Alex had to retire after that horrible leg injury, essentially. You know, he came back, but it essentially ended his career. Uh, make sure you subscribe to the podcast. If you're listening on Apple iTunes, make sure you leave us a five-star review. That grows a podcast more than anything. And if you're new to the channel here on YouTube, make sure you subscribe. Peace. I'm out. Till next. Thanks for watching the show. Be sure to like, comment, and subscribe. Be sure to tune in next time on Black and White Sports. You're tuning into Black and White Sports on YouTube. The no-holds-barred truth on sports. The main event starts now. Oh, boy, guys. Stephen A. Smith. ESPN. Man, they have been in the news for the last couple of weeks for all the wrong reasons. They can't do anything right over there at ESPCNN, also known as Woke Center and Woke Take. Woke Take was this morning. Rhodes actually put up, put up a video on this already, so I don't really want to rehash what he had already put out, but it was clear as day. Stephen A. Smith said that Shohei Otani is doing harm to the game because he's a foreigner and uses an interpreter. Now, imagine, folks, if Stephen A. Smith was actually Matt Kellerman, Matt Kellerman, and actually saying the same thing, that Shohei Otani is doing harm to the game because he's a foreigner that doesn't speak English very well, and he uses an interpreter. Imagine how Matt's Kellerman would have been under fire. ESPN may have actually suspended him for that. But let's be clear as day, folks. Stephen A. Smith, he has black privilege. He can say and do whatever he wants. Same with Jalen Rose. Jalen Rose can make fun of Kevin Love making the Olympic team and call it tokenization. Jalen Rose Nothing happened to him whatsoever. But we know if a white person at ESPN said the same thing like a Rachel Nichols. Rachel Nichols would probably not have a job right now. But Stephen A. Smith has been getting a lot of backlash. He has been getting crushed for his comments about Shohei Otani. So this is from earlier today. Stephen A. Smith, Shohei Otani harming baseball because he doesn't speak English. And he was actually saying it on a uh, first take. He said, the fact that you got a foreign player that doesn't speak English, that needs an interpreter, believe it or not, I think contributes to harming the game to some degree. When that's your bots office appeal, it needs somebody like Bryce Harper, Mike Trout, those guys. Unfortunately, at this moment in time, that's not the case. Now, Bryce Harper and um, Mike Trout, they're two white guys. So let's be clear, Steve. If that was flipped around and Matt's Kellerman said that, he'd be canceled. He'd be canceled. But now, Stephen A. Smith says his comments on Shohei Otani were misinterpreted amid heavy criticism for xenophobia. So he actually put this out. On uh, his uh, Twitter page here. We're going to listen to this. Let's have a listen to what Stephen A. Smith had to say. 
And he's been given a whole bunch of bad takes on won't take. Let's listen to, to his um, retort. My segment on Atani this morning on first take. People are misinterpreting what I'm saying. I'm not talking about the state of the game. Baseball itself. Baseball's a great game, a great sport. Wait a minute, you just said you're not talking about the game? But over here you said, um, I think contributes to harming the game to some degree. You did say that, Stephen A. Smith. But let's move on. And some of the greatest players in the world are foreign players. Tatis comes to my mind. I love this brother and what he brings to the table. And Otani is the second coming of Babe Ruth, okay? That's not what I was trying to say. I'm talking about the marketability and the promotion of the sport is exactly what Sports Illustrated essentially alluded to in their article last month when they talked about 28% of the players in Major League Baseball are foreign players. A lot of them need translators. You know, Spanish, it could be Mandarin, Japanese, the list goes on and on and on. If you are a sport trying to ingratiate yourself with the American public the way Major League Baseball is because of the problems that you've been having to deal with in terms of improving the attractiveness of the sport. It helps that if you if you spoke the English language, it doesn't mean anything more than that. Baseball is a great game, but baseball's audience is significantly older than the NBA, the NFL audience, etc., etc. That's what I was talking about. Nothing more. We're only talking about Otani because he's phenomenal. He's going to be in the home run derby and he's got 33 home runs with a 279 batting average. Plus, he can pitch and he's the second coming of Babe Ruth, practically. We know it's an international sport. We know that that's great. And baseball having a global appeal that it is, fine. But in the United States, all I was saying is that when you're a superstar, if you can speak the English language, then guess what? That's going to make it that much easier and less challenging to promote the sport. That's all I was saying about anybody. Later. Nah, nah. Stephen A. Smith. It's basically the same thing that he was saying before. Now, I remember in 2001 in the NBA, the Houston Rockets drafted Yao Ming, seven foot six Yao Ming. Out of China. Nobody was saying that. Yao Ming was doing damage to the NBA because he was a foreigner that didn't speak English. Now, actually, Yao Ming had had a translator with him for the whole first season. He was with the Rockets and he was a mega star. Nobody said that he was doing damage to the game. Now, we know the damage that has been done to the NBA now, and that is actually Somebody that plays for the Lakers, that is an American citizen that speaks very badly about his country and people have tuned out from the NBA. I don't think Shohei Otani is doing any damage to the game because you said he doesn't speak English. Actually, he does speak English and he's really not that bad. He's not that bad in English at all. Yes, he has an accent, but he's not that bad in English to tell you the truth. Stephen A. Smith, man, you're getting crushed and you deserve to be crushed for this. And to say that you were misinterpreted, no. We have the trans- transcripts here. We know exactly what you said. 
You said it needs somebody like Bryce Harper, Mike Trout, those guys. Shohei Otani is doing something that we have never seen in our lifetimes. You have to go back to Babe Ruth and nobody alive was around when Babe Ruth was around. Nobody saw Babe Ruth hit or pitch at the same time. This dude has like 33 home home runs. That is insane. Absolutely insane. Why can't the game be marketed around him? I don't know. He, I mean, he is an attraction. He really is an attraction. He's going to be at the home run derby. He's the favorite. This dude is putting on a show. This is historic what he's doing. But Stephen A. Smith, you messed up. Apparently, you can't handle the heat, but we know that your bosses at ESPN are not going to say anything about this. Stephen A. Smith will be back on first take tomorrow. Doing what he does best and he's good at what he does. You may not agree with his take and he also, you know, he gets very, very woke. He will be back tomorrow on his job, just like Jalen Rose. No consequences whatsoever. ESPN is an absolute dumpster fire, a complete dumpster fire. I believe that ESPN is actually very much afraid to hold any of their black employees accountable for the words that come out of their mouth. Rachel Nichols essentially now has been suspended, I guess you can say, even though she's still on jump. She's suspended from her NBA finals duties because of what she said on that tape. Stephen A. Smith, Jalen Rose, hey, open season to say whatever they want to say. This was a horrible take by Stephen A. Smith. And his comeback trying to re-explain himself didn't do him any favors with me. I'm not buying it whatsoever. That's just my thoughts on this. What do you guys think of this? Black and white sports fans. Stephen A. Smith is under fire and he deserves to be under fire for this horrible take about Shohei Otani. You know what? If if you actually said it right the first time, and I believe that uh, Stephen A. Smith knew the heat was on him. If he what he said was accurate the first time, he wouldn't have actually made this second video. The heat was on him. Maybe his bosses at ESPN told, told him, hey, you need to go and you need to fix this. He didn't do a good job at it whatsoever. Anyway, guys, let us know what you think about all this in the comments. Make sure you subscribe to Black and White Sports. And we'll catch you next time. Thanks for watching the show. Be sure to like, comment, and subscribe. Be sure to tune in next time on Black and White Sports. You're tuning into Black and White Sports on YouTube. The no-holds-barred truth on sports. The main event starts now. Black and white sports fans, the ESPYs were last night and nobody, and I mean absolutely nobody, knew the ESPYs were actually happening last night. I didn't know myself. I found out basically because I was actually reading a comment on one of the videos. I was like, the ESPYs are going on? Nobody knew about it. Nobody has cared about the ESPYs in a very, very long time. ESPN, they have a whole bunch of controversy right now with the Maria Taylor, Rachel Nichols thing. 
Now you got Stephen A. Smith making inappropriate comments about Shohei Otani. People are tired of ESPN and their award show. It has reached a whole new low now, folks. We got the TV viewership for the ESPYs. And boy, it is absolutely brutal. But ESPN actually did it to themselves. If you guys remember back in 2015, they gave Caitlyn Jenner the Courage Award for coming out as transgender. Now, folks, when it comes to sports, Caitlyn Jenner has been relevant since the 1970s when it came to sports. People knew Bruce Jenner back then, mainly for the Kardashian show. That was pretty much it. But ESPN have been getting super duper woke and people have been tuning out. So check this out over here on OutKick. SP Awards have died since Caitlyn Jenner Award. And I remember that, folks. I was actually sitting in the barbershop getting my hair cut. And I was thinking to myself, are you serious? You had all these celebrities standing up and clapping for Caitlyn Jenner. And I remember actually seeing Brett Favre sitting in the audience. He was not amused by this whatsoever. So check this out, guys. The ESPYs. Here are the numbers. It says here, a quick look at the ratings for the ESPY Awards since ESPN went full woke. 2015, this is with Caitlyn Jenner, 7.7 million viewers. And every single year since then, it has tanked. If you look now, folks, at 2021, a whopping 1.1 million. That is an all-time low for the ESPYs. This is epically, biblically bad. They may need to actually cancel this award show, folks. I mean, there wasn't an award show in 2020 because of the pandemic. And, you know, when people talking about the NBA Hey, we should actually ignore, you know, the bubble. That didn't really count. Okay. Well, this is 2021, folks. This counts. The ESPYs in 2019, 3.8 million. And every single year since 2015, it went down. But to compare 2021 to 20, 2019, the ESPYs are done. They had 3.8 million people watching in 2019. And they have lost almost what? Four times that amount of people. It went from about 4 million people in 2019 to just 1 million people watching the ESPYs. This is so bad. This show needs to be canceled. Nobody, absolutely nobody cares about the ESPY awards. When you get people up there going up there, making political statements when it's supposed to be about sports talking about how woke and virtuous they are. Yeah, it did happen yesterday. I did a video on that about the uh, the UConn basketball player wanting to show how virtuous she was. And people don't want to see that stuff. They don't want to see that stuff even in award shows. This is this is to be expected, folks, because we know that, that the uh, Golden Globes, the Oscars, their ratings have been tanking too because they're too political, too woke, ESPN, is no different. But this is just completely astonishing to me, folks. I mean, even I didn't really see it being 
this horrible. Now, to be honest, I didn't even know what the ratings were on any year of the ESPYs. I know that they were tanking. I know they were tanking bad. I remember 2019, they said they were bad, and it was. I mean, even though, you know, you can see here 2018, 3.9 million to 3.8 million, not a huge drop. I mean, but 2017, that was a massive drop. 5.3 million to 3.9 million. And here we are today with 1.1 million. Something is telling me the ESPYs in 2022 is going to go below a million. I mean, just look at the trend. It's probably going to be about 900,000. That's probably what it's going to be, folks. This is what you happen. This is what you get, I should say, when you go woke. In the case of ESPN, they've been going so woke for so long. I mean, they're just, I guess you could just say, get woke, stay broke, because they haven't been making money in years. They are just bleeding money every single year for the Walt Disney Company, folks. This is just astonishing that ESPN is allowed to lose this much money lose viewership like this year after year after year. Walt Disney may have to sell ESPN one day at this point. They may have to. But what do you guys think of this? The ESPY Awards, a grand total of 1.1 million people watched this award show. Nobody knew about it. Nobody cared about it. Nobody's going to care about it in the future. So ESPN, Walt Disney, what are you going to do with the ESPYs? Are you going to get back to sports? Or are you going to continue to go woke? Let me take a guess. They will continue to go woke and they will stay broke. That's just my thoughts on this. What do you guys think of this? Black and white sports fans. I guess we all saw this coming. Be on the lookout for 2022. 900,000 people will watch this thing. 900,000. Trust and believe it will happen. And that will be epic. And we will be here to cover that disaster when it does happen but folks this is really really bad for espn this show the espies needs to be canceled anyway guys let us know what you think about all this in the comments make sure you subscribe to black and white sports and we'll catch you next time thanks for watching the show be sure to like comment and subscribe be sure to tune in next time on Black and White Sports.